Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is J.P. Gardner, three years of career and volunteer experience, a backstep firefighter with the Southern Stone County Fire Protection District in Missouri. Even though J.P. is young into his fire service career, the responsibilities bestowed upon him with his department having to do more with less is eye-opening. Sometimes we as firefighters tend to gripe over the small things when in actuality we really have it better than most. With that, I present Mr. J.P. Gardner. How's it going? My name is J.P. Gardner. Danny, thank you again so much for bringing me on the show. Um, you are doing a fantastic thing here. How I got in the fire service, man, it was kind of just a spur-of-the-moment deal. Um, I was working a 9-to-5 job, working a, operating a forklift at a lumber yard, and I really just wasn't really knowing what I wanted to do. And a guy walked in. I knew who he was. He was on the fire department. And we just talked about it. And he said, he's like, hey, I'm working tomorrow. You come up to the firehouse. We'll talk about it. So I did. And we went from there. And uh, he gave me an application. We talked about it. And I sat, the application sat on my desk for a couple of days. And then I, I filled it out. And I turned it in. And I, uh, Went through rookie school like everyone else did, and I pretty much just fell in love with the job from there. Um, learned a little bit, and it was awesome. Okay. Um, this, uh, so I'm assuming, of course, this individual who came and 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 showed you around, he he was on the fire department, of course. Yeah, he was a he's a captain, and ironically, he's my captain now, as and he's so he's been like a mentor to me. Um, through the whole process last ever since I've started he's the reason why I'm I'm here and he's just a solid dude he's a fireman's captain that you you'd want okay okay all right so I'm assuming with you being with you being um uh somewhat new to the fire service you were able to shadow him and he was able to provide you to show you what a what a good officer entails within the department right yeah, he definitely, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make this be like about him, but he's definitely been a dude that he works from the front and he's, he don't need, he does not need to like talk a whole lot. You know, his actions show and like, Hey, like, okay, this is what it's about. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to learn from that. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Um, So you're with the Southern Stone County Fire Protection District in Missouri. Uh, for those that don't know, can you tell us about the department, the size, how many stations, uh, average call, uh, you know, your call volume uh, yearly and th things of that nature? Yeah, so we're 14 stations. We've got two fire boats. We cover, we're a big tourist area. So like we've only got like 30-ish thousand, 35,000 people that live here full time. But in the summer, it'll grow, shoot, half a million throughout the day yeah. people coming and going okay so we're definitely busy in the summer and we're definitely busy in the winter because like you know in the winter people start cranking those heaters on and we definitely catch some work um i've been laid up for a little bit and i've been watching my phone's been blown up they've had a few house fires lately and i'm just like man i want to be there but so out of those 14 stations two of them are paid 
I'm at our headquarters and we got, we're, we're a two man crew, three shifts, two man crew. And we got two, we got another pay station and they're also a two man crew. So we got to really improvise and get a lot of things done on the fire ground. We just, cause you may be there by you and your, you and your driver, or if you're a guy in the, that rides the seat, you may be there for a long time by yourself. So you got formulate game plans and that all goes to training. We'll talk about that. Um, so we really got to, really got to be there and know what we're doing basically in in a sense. Okay. So I I wasn't expecting you to say 14 stations, but yeah, I have 14 stations. You said two are two have, you know, around the clock staffing the other 12. I'm assuming they're all volunteer. Yeah. All volunteer. And we got some, we got some houses, man. I'd put them up against some of our full-time guys, like the guys at threes. They rock out with like eight dudes to a fire and they kill it. Okay. All right. So uh, on a typical, what do you get on a typical box in your area? So for residential on a, on a first alarm box, we'll get three engines, four tankers and a chief. Generally we'll, uh, we'll catch another chief Um depending on where it's at most all of our chiefs live in districts so they're pretty much free to free to go okay all right so uh, uh and one you, service you know we'll, we'll attach a rescue what depending on where it's at okay so and this this term is always different everywhere what's a what's a rescue in missouri is it an ambulance or is it a actual rescue it's a it's a it's a rolling toolbox so it's a rescue truck yeah okay Okay. All right. Um, do you guys do mutual aid? Oh yeah. Plenty of partners, North, South, East, and West of us. We, uh, we mutual aid and they come to us a lot because, you know, no one really wants to do this job anymore. So we're having to rely a lot on our mutual aid coming in. Um, second alarm is pretty much going to guarantee someone outside of our department coming in. Okay. All right. Um, I've never been to Missouri, so, what kind of uh what are the different types of of building construction do do you have in your area a lot of it honestly is type two and type five just that cheaply built stuff's going up like crazy right now mm-hmm. um i've lived where i live now i've lived in this same area for a long time and it was a one way in one way out street now it's a four lane highway and we've got a big amusement park. We've got a lot of high hazard areas where a concentration of people are going to be at. So we've got to really be dialed in um, where those at and training wise and kind of our game plan. But a lot of it's just that type two building, like our Walmarts, our, our box stores, um, our Dollar General. Everyone's got a Dollar General, right? <laughs> just stuff <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> and uh, just those homes are going up overnight. And you know they're not the construction of them are not um, all that quality. Uh-huh. Um, they look nice, they look nice, but they're going up quick. So that should be a concern to many. Okay, all right. So when you're on duty, are you riding the seat or are you driving? So I am a fireman, and but uh, I do have a guy with me who is pretty new. He's coming up up on a year. He's been driving for me. 
and kind of how it is at our department. Uh, if you get hired, you're pretty much going to be driving right off the bat. I know a lot of places where you ride the back seat for the, for a good amount of time, and then you move up to driver. It's not not necessarily here. You get hired, you're moving into driving. Um, but he, he, my driver right now, he's come a long ways. Me and him have kind of flip flopped a little bit sometimes. Give him some time in the seat and kind of understand like that side of the aspect too. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time I'm in the seat. Yeah. Wow. Um, how is that? Like with you, I mean, cause it, it's a lot, it's a lot to, it to, is. To, to it deal is. With. I have, I have fallen on my face more times than not <laughs> in that position. Uh, so before I was actually glad we used to be a three man crew, but we were all in at one station. Okay. So when we, when we put the new station, we had to hire and we split crews. Uh, now we're back to just two man crews. So I got to ride the backseat a little bit, um, and kind of watch how it's done and, and just kind of learn from there. And man, I tell you, I've, I've literally have fallen on my face. I make more mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. Every day, but it really, all it comes down to is ownership and accountability, right? And guiding, um, your crew. Okay. Um, so. You're riding the seat. You get dispatched to a a a a first due box. It's working. Mm-hmm. How far is the next in company? So with the with our with our paid station, our other paid station, they're only like a few minutes behind us. But if they're on a run, you know, you're next in Bali House. May may be a walk because I got to go from their house to the station, get the rig, and come to come to the show. Um, but if not, it could be anywhere from three to five minutes or more. Wow. Uh, my last house fire that we were at, we were on scene for seven minutes, just me and my driver. And we, we got to work, you know, we're not, we're not sitting in the yard waiting, waiting for people, right? We're it, everybody wants to assume like, and talk about, we can't do this. We can't do that. But have we ever thought about what can we do? All right. We can mm-hmm. stretch lines. We can throw ladders. We can put a lot of fire out with just a couple of people. All right. All it comes down to is a mindset okay. and your preparation and training. Right. Right. So, man, that's, um, I'm telling you, anytime I hear a department that's doing it with just two guys, man, that's, that's a lot. Like, though, and, and of course, you know, we, we will talk about it, but I always just like hearing how you guys do it with two people. And because, if, like you said, if you're, if your other company that's paid is on another call, you're by yourself until the next mm-hmm. Bali house shows up, man. That's and and yeah. you know it seems like forever too when you're waiting on that help to get there. So, it does, it does for sure, and it all goes back to the firehouse, right? You've got to establish writing assignments. If it is 2023. If you do not have writing assignments and expectations, call, text me, call me. I'll I will guide you through it. Right. There are plenty of resources out there, but we have, we you can't make an audible on game day. Right. If you don't have a plan in place. OK. All right. So with that, with that being said, how how does J.P. Gardner prepare for that day? Like, what do you do? <laughs> so I think it all it all goes to uh, I have a very short commute to work, about 10 minutes. And I play like super hard metal music <laughs> just to get in the mode then I, I flip it up i may play a 
a podcast. Um, mm-hmm. But most time it's metal music because I get to work an hour early and I make sure all my gear, my rig, I make a pot of coffee for my guys and the, the crew coming off. Um, and I just set the tone right there from the day. My, my driver and I, uh, my fireman, we get a workout in the morning. Right. And that sets the tone for the rest of the day. We run a 4896. So we always try and get a workout in the morning. uh, And that will set the tone for the day. We'll get a workout in early after our rig checks. After lunch, we'll we'll, sometimes we do training before lunch with our workout. And then we'll definitely do some some training after lunch. Okay. Um, Man, uh, um, I forgot to ask uh, are you guys EMT or paramedics? So we're EMT preferred pretty much all the guys I think full-time are all EMTs. There's a lot of EMTs um, on the volley side too. Mm-hmm. I think there might be a, like one or two guys on the paid side that are not EMTs. Okay. We're a, we're a non-transport okay. um, department. We don't run any ambulances. Okay. And as it um, should be. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, uh man i hate whenever i draw blanks why do i do that uh i had a i had a question it, it'll come back oh yeah so you said 4896s mm-hmm. yeah wow. yeah we transitioned to that um it's been it was like probably right when i got hired i think because i we used to work at 2448 uh-huh. and I, I worked it a little bit uh just for a few months i just never really felt like i was um uh, recovered enough because some days you know you you run quite a bit that first day off you sleep all day it doesn't matter if you work two days or one day that first day off you're tired no matter what um depending on how much work you catch that second day you're just getting back you're you're getting ready to go back to work so Mm -hmm. the family time is down um the 4896 is man i i truly love it um it's a great schedule i think what sets i think a lot because that is the big topic right now. Forty eight, ninety six, twenty, it, everything, right? Right. And we we had to do a a lot of research because uh, the, the guys on the line were wanting it. The Chiefs were not wanting it, right? Because it's changed, right? Right. We've always done it this way, right? right? And it was definitely something new. But we had to do a bunch of research. Research, and what came down to it was how many calls do you run while you are asleep? And they say if you run like three point six calls or more while you are sleeping it's probably not a good idea um we were just under that and some sometimes you you don't sleep sometimes i you sleep all night it's just the name of the game mm-hmm. um but i love it i wouldn't i wouldn't imagine working anything else <laughs> okay all right i mean I, I, I like hearing everyone's different takes on it. okay um one more question so 14 stations two of them are paid if you get a call not in your first due, not in the other career stations first due, but like at a, at a volley area, are you guys going to that too? Or is it you wait and see if somebody picks it up and then go, or how does that work? So basically we've gotten so busy to the point where our volunteers couldn't keep up. We needed someone to be housed 24 seven. The paid guys are there to supplement the volunteers. Like if, if, if so-and-so can't make the run, or if it's a med run, paid paid guys go. And depending on the call, on the on the first when the tones drop, if it's like somewhere up north or uh, outside of our first due, if it sounds like a hot call, we'll just roll with them. 
right? Because a lot of times it's just one volunteer running. Uh, so, and all car wrecks, uh, majority of all car wrecks will go to um, just just to supplement, right? Because a lot of times it's one or two dudes rolling out of a volley house. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, commercial cabs or custom? Uh, so we, we, we're a mix. We're trying to phase out uh, some of our older uh, commercial. Our rescue is a commercial. It's not a heavy rescue. It's kind of like a medium rescue, but it does well. Um, we run all of our engines, our rescue, rescue engines. They've got extrication equipment on them. Um, so we, we run those first due. Any major pin jobs will run the the rescue out of the headquarters because it does have the heavy extrication equipment on it. Okay. And we'll split. So like if we catch a car wreck in our first due, mm-hmm. um, I'll, I'll usually grab the engine and my driver will take the rescue and we'll split. And every, everything from positioning, everything is all determined ahead of time, right? Engine's first one out, it pulls past the car accident, rescue's in behind. That way we have kind of situational awareness and safety aspect on that. Oh, wow. Okay, so not only... Are you running two, but certain calls you're splitting and taking two different pieces of apparatus? Yeah. And all, all paid firehouses go to every single fire in the district. Um, if it's like super, like I cover the mid North, okay. uh, the mid North. And it's kind of, kind of crazy. We have like McMansion houses cause we live on the lake. Okay. <laughs> and we also have like the trailer park ghettos. Right. So the mid North, uh, is a lot of lower income housing, uh, trailer parks, catch a, catch a lot of uh, med runs, ODs and stuff like that. The lower end is kind of your more upscale. And don't get me wrong, I do have that still in my first due area, um, but it's kind of different. We covered 280 square miles, I think, is our district. So we're not mm-hmm. small, but we're, and we're not obviously massive like places like Rutherford County, which are covered covering hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of square miles but very diverse and we're growing we're like one of the fastest growing counties i think in the area which is good yeah yeah wow that is a yeah that is a that's a lot that's a lot man like i said and your your and your 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 title still a, a backstep firefighter but you guys are doing you're having to do a lot yeah yeah so like my captain he's got little over 15 years on and then i'm the next guy in line he's kind of put the the senior fireman role on me because the two guys the other two on our shift um are a little bit over a year and just under a year so they're going to need guidance as well all right it can't all just come from the captain right i think the senior fireman it's not formal against our department it's very formal amongst our shift okay and the captain that you keep talking about, is he riding the buggy as a, as a, as a bat chief or where is he? No, nah, he's at, he's at the other page, me and him split. He's at the other page station okay. just down the road. Okay. But we, we, we see each other every day. Like we eat lunch together. We train together. We, we basically just don't sleep at the same place, but we're always together training and stuff. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so what does the term aggressive mean to you? That's a good, that's good. Uh, th- that term gets thrown around a lot. And, but it, to me, it was never really defined, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, it gets a negative rap and it really shouldn't. 
So I heard a definition that kind of stuck with me, and I wish I could remember who said it. Um, but it's aggressive is seizing the opportunity to make a decision when a small window presents itself. Right. All right. right. If we think about that, like, are you diving in that window or are you not? Are you, what line are you stretching? Right. It's all yeah. about, because a, a small window is going to present itself, right? Make a decision. It's all it comes down to, man. It's just make a decision and give all out effort when you're doing it. Okay. Okay. That's what it means to me. It gets a negative rap, but it really shouldn't. Uh, if you look at that definition, and that's the definition that I think what aggressive means to me, um, it shouldn't get a negative rap. Right, right. Okay, all right. Um, how did you uh, become an instructor with Rural Fire Tactics? Ooh, that's, that's a fun topic right there. So... I love going to outside trainings and my first opportunity uh, was a, was a fire Academy in my state. And I was like, man, that was really awesome. Like being around a bunch of dudes that are like-minded and very into the job. Right. I wanted more of it. Well, unfortunately um, I, I quickly depleted my department's training budget and had this like, I'm like, well, I still want to go to these outside trainings. So I started forking up my own money and saving up um, to go to these, these outside trainings, like whether it be into the job in Wichita, uh, first in in Little Rock. I went to FDIC this year. That was an incredible experience. Um, but there was a dude named Logan Hinkle out of, out of Little Rock, and I met him when I went to first in fire conference, and me and him just clicked. We, we were about the same age, very into the job, and him and I – uh, just kicked it off and we we started like going to these conferences together and we started noticing that um, a lot of these tactics and a lot of these trainings are done by people who work for bigger departments if that makes sense that mm -hmm. have three three four five six dudes on a rig mm -hmm. not saying that their trainings are not um, relevant or anything but how can we take that and put it in an aspect um, for environments with one or two dudes on a rig. And how can we make it work? Because it can work, right? We, we hear the term, lots of big city stuff. No, it's not big city stuff. Fire don't care where it's at, what's burning. Right. That's, uh... So, so we, we saw, we saw an idea of, well, let's, let's make, let's kind of, kick something off and a lot of it just came from just conversation like it'd be cool to do this and do that and and then we started a page and then got some followers and people around the country are kind of hitting us hitting us up a little bit and i was like well i mean we we might be able to do do a little bit of this um from our experience and stuff um we're still new in it um we're talked to a lot of people on just like advice on this and We'll we'll just kind of see where it goes. It's okay. still early on. Still early on. Okay. With that with that being said, what is your niche? What do you like to teach? What topic? Man, uh, I'm a I'm a hose nerd and I'm a search nerd. Okay. Like I will never say no to the nozzle, but I will never say no to diving through a window. 
or <laughs> being a science search. You know what I mean? You know, okay. being in a smaller, smaller department, you, you've got to learn a little bit of everything, right? right. I heard a, a quote the other day. Um, what was it? It was like, we're a, we're a mass, we're a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that kind of hit me a little bit because we've got to learn so many things, but we, none of us, no, not none of us, but we're really never diving into one subject and mastering it. And for me, just the art of moving a hose line through a building really intrigues me. And the way we search and the, how we flow through um, a, a compartment or a structure when we're searching really intrigues me. So those are the two things that I really gravitate towards. And it's not anything crazy, right? Mm-hmm searching flowing and moving are are pretty basic um and that's one thing that i i truly love doing is just drilling on the basics um how to hold a hose line how to flow and move um water mapping water placement all all that stuff Um, but a lot of it how the things that really drive me is just the people that i've met kyle ramagas manny barajas um phenomenal dudes with the nozzle Mm -hmm. that know way more than me Mm-hmm. so seeing their passion that puts a passion in me guys like sean duffy who mm-hmm. i've got to take many classes with instilled a passion for search in me so that's kind of where i'm at uh on my niche things that i love to teach um lately we my shift uh we've really dived into uh self-rescue and like writ basically mm-hmm. and just training on that because uh my captain he is a big strong dude and okay. he's a big strong dude and what if he goes down not wishing never he would never would right right but we've got to have a game you gotta have that plan exactly yeah exactly can't make an audible if you don't have a plan man absolutely okay i like it i like it so i take it whenever you do go to like into the job um, FDIC, any local conference around your area. If you go, when you come back, you share the rest of it with with your department, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. And you get a lot of pushback. A lot of pushback. Oh it's yeah, all, yeah. Every, oh yeah, yeah. I was listening to uh, Preston Lyons, uh, student of the game podcast, a few mm-hmm. days ago. He's a good buddy of mine as well. Um, he was talking about that aspect, bringing stuff back and how you just, you just get so much pushback. And what I, and I experienced that um, right off the bat, man. And I quick, and I reached out to people like, Hey, how, how are you doing this? How are you bringing it back? What's the approach? And the common theme is all you got to do is get one person, get one person that's bought in. Now that one person will share it. And he's got two people. Now you've got two people bought in. And then three, it, it's not going to happen overnight, man. Nothing does. Well, you're right. 100% right. I can definitely attest to that. Um, but that's awesome, man. That's awesome. It's good to, it's good too, because, you know, you're, you're, you're three years in, you know, when I got three, you know, there wasn't back then for me, there wasn't all these little micro conferences, especially now, right. you know, how you can, find everything with your phone through social media. So it's, it's great to see the direction that the fire services is, is going to. Of course, I always put the little uh, non-disclosure of you need to vet 
who you're getting things from. You know, you can't just go out there and do everything just because one part, you got to make sure that this person is vetted. The information is accurate, Mm -hmm. but no, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And you, you dropped some, some, some heavy hitters. I took a class, Sean Duffy's search searchable versus survivable. That class right there, man, what he's got to to say, if you listen to it, it, it should resonate. It should fire you up to go, you know, he's right. Like, we we're, we should be treating search with this type of priority, with this type of intensity, but a lot of people don't, you know? It's funny, too, because yesterday I was on shift, and after lunch, I took my fireman, and we did victim drags. So before we started, I asked him, I said, hey, if I was a not a fireman, if I was just a, a patient in a house that you found me while doing a search, how would you get me out? And no fault to his own at all. And he goes, well, I would just, you know, come up behind you, grab your arms, pick you up and drag you out. I was like, okay, that's what they teach, right? No no big deal. No fault to his own. I was like, all right, tell me what now. And And I asked him, I said, so when you pick me up, if the smoke is not banked all the way down, but if it's down past half, what am I breathing in that you aren't? And he's like, "Yeah, I never thought about that. I said, it's a training scar. I was like, so I 100%. showed him, I showed him the technique. I said, all right, if you find me, I said, next thing we should do is after you find me, you radio in victim, 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 or whatever. I said, after that, do a quick search around me to see if there's anybody else. I was like, if there's not, I showed them the maneuver where you find my legs, cross them, put them over your knee and drag me out. And I was like, what this does, it keeps me low breathing some of that better air than high and he like looked at me like yeah you're right the science and, is out there you know what i'm saying sure. so it's like yeah. it's, it's one of those things you know it's 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 it, yeah the, the 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 messages are being relayed now but it's a training scar you know we just find a victim pick them up and and go but we're not realizing crap they're breathing this stuff in while we have an scba on and we're good so yeah. um no that's awesome that's awesome um, not to, not to steal Corley's question, but with you liking both, if you had to, <laughs> I just want to know if you had to choose one, which one would it be? Oh man, I really don't know, but I, I'm going to take the nozzle. Okay. I'm going to take the nozzle. There's nothing better than you know, right, erasing the problem, right? There's True. nothing better than put, knocking down fire. True. After I do that, I can split right off that line, dive in a bedroom and search it. You know what I mean? Okay. So I'm going to okay. take the nozzle. Okay. All right. All right. Like I said, Corley, I'm not trying, if anyone's else, I'm not trying to steal his, his, his question, <laughs> but it was a question. I was like, well, he likes both. I would like to know what his yeah. answer would be. All yeah. right. Um. So the next thing we should talk about, uh, staffing. Uh, that's that's because your department you you guys are running two so um what happens if like your firefighter slash driver calls out like what what happens there are you are you guys allowed to just run with one individual um so we're pretty systematic on weighing like the risk or reward um how we do things just him and i um, it gets a little dicey when you put one individual inside a building and the other guy's at the pump panel. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but who's to say, you know, um, we knock a bunch of fire down and keep advancing. Like it, it's all, it all goes back to your level of preparation and your training, right. That dictates your level of aggressiveness on how you operate, right. The things that we do and that we train on absolutely religiously at the firehouse may not be suitable for someone, um, at a different place. You know what I mean? Right. 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 Okay. Okay. Um, are you allowed, like, well, what's your, what's your minimum staffing on your truck? Like, so let's just say your partner tomorrow, if you go to work tomorrow, your partner calls out, he's sick. Are they just going to go, okay, JP, just you and you know, uh, roll with the truck. We'll meet you there and we'll, we'll hand everything else. Like, is that allowed? Um, uh, so we're definitely getting better. Um, for a while, our minimum staffing was zero at the paid house. Like there's been times where, uh, the firehouse has been left empty for 24 hours and solely relied on volunteers, but we've hired some part-time guys. Uh, we're really truly not going to try and let you run by yourself. We're going to call in someone or someone from another shift's, uh, going to get called in to cover, but yeah, there's been times, uh, where you're going to work by yourself. And with me being out on injury right now, there's been a couple of shows where my driver um, has worked by himself. And there's another fireman that's been out uh, and they have worked by themselves for a few shifts now. So okay. it does happen. We try not to just because of, you know, what could happen. Not necessarily mm-hmm. what could happen, but it's kind of the drawbacks of it. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Um, realistic training on a on a small budget. What do you, what what do you guys do for that? So we, I've, we've been fortunate enough. Um, We don't have all these magnificent towers, training towers that you see around the the country. Um, When we built our new station, we had um, an emphasis on, this was going to be like a training station. Um, It's a two story station, but the upstairs is completely empty. And, we wanted to kind of build props and build stuff on um, for up there. Uh, we did build a half. It's pretty much a house upstairs, right? But we used like uh, four by eight sheets of plywood okay. to do it. And all the furnishings was stuff, like old stuff that people had. Pretty much everything that we put into furnishings in this place was not bought. We carpeted the whole place. We went down to local uh, carpet place and they said, hey, we're at the fire department. Um, would you be able, basically, would you donate any carpet and any scraps, anything you guys had um, going to places? And you just got to get out there, make the connections, right? Because if there's an acquired structure, if you never make the connection, you'll never get it. Mm-hmm. And it could be free, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is as simple as setting up pallets. You can get pallets for cheap, man, if not free. And a lot of it's just using your imagination. It may not be a house that you're flowing water in or you're searching live fire, but you can make it as realistic as possible as far as like go get a piece of carpet, put it on the front pad, and practice flowing and moving water while going across carpet. Right? You're not gonna flow, not be flowing and moving inside of a concrete house right not normally there's gonna be stuff yeah exactly exactly so there's there's many ways man and like um if you're practicing flowing water 
drain drain the hose out, repack it, repack it in the hose tray, stretch it again over and over. Um, I see a lot of times, and it's no fault to our instructors, but these fire academies, it's all about reps, 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 numbers, numbers, numbers. And it's never really um, dialing into the reason why we do the things that we do, in my opinion. Um, it's all about just getting them the next person. Mm-hmm. But if we can take the time and explain to them why it's important to repack the hose, right? Because if I just flow water, but I only stretch it one time, I only got one rep at stretching. Repack that hose, right? Get stretches over and over again. Um, but, you know, there's many ways. Black and, black, blacking out your mask. Because um, visibility, man, is limited on the fire ground. That's, that's no nothing new right and my main thing um with proficiency in training is time right right time is our worst enemy on the fire ground so we can always time ourselves doing whatever forcing a door throwing a ladder stretching a line flowing it doesn't matter right mm-hmm. if we can always be better and beat time all right we're going to be more efficient i forgot who said it and i wish I wrote this down, but I heard this a while ago is time, time is our enemy. Efficiency is our weapon. Mm -hmm. Just because we're quick, we've, we've got to still put in the quality work, right? Cause just cause you're fast, but you're falling on your face. That's, that's not efficient. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. Um, what are your thoughts on quote unquote running on the fire ground? Again, that just goes back to your level of preparation, right? Right. Uh, on our shift, like, you don't walk on the fire ground. That's okay. that's like a no-no, right? You move with a purpose. You may not be running, mm-hmm. but you definitely move to a level of comfortability to move with a purpose. And some guys can move faster than others, right? Right. So if you constantly train in the, in the realm of moving with a purpose and time under pressure, right? you may eventually get to the point where you can run on the fire ground, right. And effectively get things done without falling on your face. And that is completely okay. In my opinion. Right. Right. All right. Yeah. Gotta agree. Gotta agree. hundred percent. All right. Um, Next topic is wellness and truly being there for one another when in need. So, you know, the term brotherhood quote unquote gets thrown around a lot. And there are some departments areas that, actually show what that term means but uh what does that mean to you so man that's a good question that is a really good question um so we we do this thing um on our shift um it's very um special to our shift it's nothing that we created we actually got it from actually i heard about it through chad daly who works for kansas city fire mm-hmm. when he was on rescue nine him and his guys would do this thing called a shoebox. and the idea behind it was if something was bothering you and if you could just like write it down and put it in the shoebox and kind of almost forget about it because your problems aren't going to just disappear they'll be with they'll be there tomorrow but if today that we if we can just put it away and just put in quality work together we'll get a lot more accomplished in that aspect. But if not, like, Hey, if we need to open that shoe box, 
right? We need to talk about these problems and we need to talk about these solutions. A lot of times it's just firemen, right? We're all type A personalities. We all, you know, we're all gun ho. We, we've got problems and we need to talk about it to find solutions. So in that aspect, that's what we use. Um, it's, it's helped us grow closer together as a shift um, more than I would ever realize, honestly, man. And the aspect of kind of like a mental health um, is a big topic also today. Um, all firemen, they want to go search. They want to go make the grab. The greatest rescue could be made sitting right next to you in the firehouse, man. And if you're not checking up on each other, right, and seeing what's up, because you know when something's bothering someone, right? right? Like pull them to the side or something, check up on them. And just kind of kind of see because you got to really look out for each other in the firehouse because you spend a third of your life with them, man. That is your family away from your family. Mm-hmm. And you really got to be there for each other and love on each other. And I, I really I don't think the brotherhood is dead. I think it's alive and well. And I think it's we as a fire service, we are headed in the right direction. I don't think we're there yet. Um, but. It's, the brotherhood is definitely alive, man. There are people all over this world, all over this country um, that are like-minded and that are truly there for you. Like my my buddy Manny Barajas out of San Antonio Fire. Never met the dude, but the dude has given me more advice <laughs> than I can handle lately. Right. right. He's just a solid dude. Never even met him. He lives, I don't even know how far away San Antonio is, um, but he's in my circle. Mm-hmm. And guys like Logan, who live four hours away, I talk to him every single day. Guys that are in my circle that are truly there for each other, and that's what we need more. If you don't, if you don't have someone in your circle, I strongly encourage you to find someone. It doesn't have to be in your firehouse. It does not have to be someone in your firehouse, but you got to find people that you can lean on when times are tough, or if you got something going on. All right, and and just share that. I agree, hundred percent. Those are yeah. Those are my thoughts on that. No, they're sure. they're 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 good thoughts. I mean, I mean, like I said, and I I agree with you. I don't believe that the brotherhood's dead. I think there are certain areas where brotherhood's stronger. I think there are certain areas where the brotherhood could get better. But mm-hmm. we have to be able to take the time to put. I I truly believe where there are brotherhood issues i truly believe it's because of an ego thing i think yeah we're all we're all the same personality right right like you know i i I don't want anyone to think that i'm better than them because i am not like but we know you, you can see the dynamics between people you work with where if like one it's kind of like i don't know i mean i, I don't want to like bash anybody but I want to say it's kind of like high school, like high school drama mm-hmm. crap stuff. Yeah. That's like, really, are, are we really doing this now? Like we're all adults. Like if you yeah. have, if you have a beef or if you have an issue with somebody, instead of just festering on it and just, you know, saying fuck them or whatever, it's like, why don't you actually have a conversation? Because I, I truly believe that if you sit down and have the conversation with the person that you think you have an issue with, for whatever reason and you actually talk to them and listen at the end of it you know it might just been something that's you know over some 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 dumb shit that you never said or they never said but you just heard you know yeah 
So, Unless you don't have that conversation, you'll never know. Exactly. And then we're sitting there festering and, and harboring over each other for nothing. But yet, these are the same people where if shit goes down on a fire, this person is supposed to help you and it got your back. Like, if we really think about it, it's kind of fucked up because it's on one end, you're going, man, fuck you. I, I don't want to talk to this person. But on the other end, if you let's just say you happen to trade shifts with them and you're working on their shift or vice versa, some shit goes down. Now you're looking at that person like, oh, I have to help you now. And I, I would imagine most people are. But just think about that. Like on one end of the spectrum, you're saying go fuck yourself. But on the other end of the spectrum, it's <laughs> I'll be here for you. Like, I really want people to understand it. And I, I get it. There, 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 there are there are jackasses out there. But like. I truly believe if we just sit down and listen, talk to each other, the issue can get resolved. And it would be like, man, like, why did we ever have this problem? It's 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 dumb. Like, there's no reason for it. I think Bobby Ecker, I heard this at uh, I forgot where I heard, it's from Bobby Ecker, but he said that firemen are looking. They look forward. How would he say, man? Gosh, dang, I lost a train of thought on him. But basically, firemen are always looking to tear each other down. Hell yeah. Yeah. Always looking to tear each other down. And it shouldn't be that way. And he also said that, you know, cops are like the complete opposite, right? They pull grandma over for doing five over, give her a ticket. They're high-fiving, go getting donuts, doing whatever, <laughs> having a good time. No, it's not that. It's not like that on our side. No. And it shouldn't not. be. You're right. I mean, it really is. And the fact that the fact that right now in society, like firemen are, we're not like the cops, you know, people love us. And if there are any law enforcement people that listen, I, I'm sorry. I mean, you chose the profession, but, um, you know, right now, if if you're a cop, you're, eh, you know, people look at you kind of weird, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. rough times. It's rough times being, I would being, not, yeah. being in law enforcement, but no, you're right. I mean, I just don't understand. I don't understand how we can say we're here for each other. We got your back. We'll come for you and all this stuff. But yet we let a rumor or something that an individual never said be like, man, fuck you. Like, it's like, come on here. It's just, it it doesn't, it doesn't add up. It's not balanced in my opinion, in my opinion. And yeah. So like we've got all these issues maybe within the firehouse or with the fire service in general. Um, we're very quick to open our mouth and speak of these things. But at the end of the day, you got to ask yourself, do you have control over these things? And I am a firm believer um, in controlling what only you can control. And there's only three things in life that only you can control. That's your attitude, your effort, your energy. Outside of that, it does not matter, man. It does not matter. I agree. But, I agree. No, you're right. I mean, learn to control what you can control. And, you know, it, it's hard for very for, for the real passionate firefighters to to try to follow that, because, like, you know, if a rule comes out or or something on a truck's put on or a, a new hose, you know what I mean? Like, they're not always going to like it and then they're going to fester over it. But if you truly just like you said, man, learn to control what you can control. Let that shit slide off your back and just keep going on about your day. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it and when makes I start, everything easy. Yep. And when I start like imp- implementing that more into my life, I find myself in a much happier place. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, and last question for you. 
Should there be a years of service clause for promotion? The quick answer to that is no. And here, okay. Here's why. All right. Do you want uh, the 20 the year guy that's re repeat his rookie year 20 times for promotion? Or do you want the guy right that has took the time and has invested? Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm sorry. Some of these captains may may butt heads with this idea is you captains out there, the guys under you, they don't work for you. You work for them. And that may rub some people wrong, but that's okay. I'm I'm not here for sunshine and rainbows. I'm going to tell you how it is. They don't work for you. You work for them. So you got to lead from the front. And if you want to promote, right, If I'll take a guy with three years on or five years on or whatever that's got less time than so-and-so. If he's invested into his, into his guys, I'm going to pick that guy every single time. I, I will have to say you might rub some people wrong, but you're not rubbing me <laughs> wrong with that because to me, I, I wholeheartedly uh, agree with that. And it's awesome because uh, I remember listening to an interview with Chief Jason Hovelman and he was talking about, I forgot how he, I think he kind of ordered it like that. He was like, you know, it's, it's, he's the chief. So it's like, it's his department, but it's not because he's like, right. I, am here for them they are not here for me and when you have the top brass the main man saying that i mean come on like that's that's i think every passionate fireman wants to have that wants to hear that because yes like for example my captain i have i i, I, lo I love my captain like we have no issues he, he'll do Things like if he asks us to do something, as long as he doesn't have any paperwork, like yesterday, uh, after we trained and everything, we cleaned up the station. Uh, every day we have like a kind of like a detailed little list of things we need to hit on. So yesterday was yeah. like just go around making sure the glass doesn't have fingerprints because we have a brand new fire station and there's a lot of glass in this damn station. And you know, yeah, mm -hmm. there's a lot of <laughs> fingerprints on the doors and stuff. He's like, hey. You know, let's just kind of clean up the glass. So me and my me and my fireman David, we're hitting it. And next thing you know, he comes up with the rag and he's got Windex in his hands too. And he's doing the same thing that we're doing. So like you're not above your guys. And to me, that's awesome when like, oh hell, Captain's here. He's helping us clean glass too. Like, that's awesome. It's not always do as I say, you know, I'm gonna go yeah. do this while yeah. you know while you guys are doing that. So yeah, I love that. Yeah, you'll lose the trust very quickly if, if you're barking orders all the time and you're Absolutely. not putting the work in. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Don't be don't be the recliner pirate captain. Don't be the rec <laughs> recliner response team, man. <laughs> you're gonna lose you're gonna lose the guy's trust very quickly. Oh, no, I agree. I agree. Um, one last personal question for you. Do you uh I think I'm gonna know the answer, but at some point in your career, do you see yourself promoted a company officer? Uh, man, I want to ride the back step, and I, I, I'm not truly like a back step right now. Um, right, I mean, we are. Well, I mean, you're yeah. a back step, but you're also riding that a, front right yeah. seat. Yeah. Um. At the end of the day, man, if you want change, you're gonna have to promote. That's the way it is nowadays. Like, if you want something done in the firehouse or for the for the betterment of the department, you know, they're less likely to take the word from some slick sleeve fireman than someone who's got brass. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. At this point, my my career, three years in, I got way too much to learn, man. Uh, yeah, sure. Later on down the road, 10, 15 years, whatever. Yeah, that that'd be that sounds fantastic. Um, to me, I don't. How am I gonna word this? Um, I've got like a problem with um, like certifications. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, to me, I don't, I don't need a certification to lead someone. I agree, hundred percent. And a lot of places that's the requirement and if that's the requirement so be it but um if that's if that's the end goal then i'm not there for that man i i can i can lead guys and um instill discipline in guys other ways than that man i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with you and i've, I've i'm gonna agree with you and i've said this before too i think there is a a time and a place where rank should dictate certifications. If you are going for company officer where your your blue collar office is that fire truck, you do not need a certification to do that. If you have it, awesome. No. If you want to go get it, awesome. Like I I always yeah. commend people that are taking classes to get their degrees. That's awesome. But and there's the but there is a certain there's a certain rank where I think having those papers come into play. If you're the fire chief that has to deal with budgets and, yeah, and, or I'm sorry, if you are a chief officer that deals with budgets, grant writings, uh, equipment that you need to purchase POs, things of like that, where you got to report to the mayor or the town manager or whatever. Yes. You kind of need to have that because you need that educational <laughs> background, but to drive a fire truck, to be a company officer. No. I, I do not believe you, you you need that. And I think that that's another hot topic uh, in the fire service now, but you know, to me, it, it it's all about your rank. So that's just my opinion on it. Yeah. Chad Daly says it best. We don't need more certification on our walls. We need real firemen teaching real fireman shit. I agree. hundred percent. I like Chad. I like Chad Daly. Oh, I've heard the name because I've, I've seen the picture. And I, when you said Rescue 9, I was like, okay, Kansas City, Kansas City Fire. All right. I, I'm pretty sure I, I've definitely heard some things from him, but I like the quote because to me, the quote the quote makes sense. Yeah. You know? I'm like the biggest plagiarizer in the fire service. <laughs> and I, <laughs> none, none of this shit's mine, man. Like, no, I, I get- truly believe like no one owns a certain topic in the fire service. And if someone does come up with something, give credit where credit's due. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. 100% agreed, man. 100% agreed. Um before we uh before we wrap up here, is there anything else you'd want you want anybody that's listening to uh is there anything you want to get off chest, anything you just want to say for others? Just be eager. Be be willing to learn something new every day you come into work, man. Challenge yourself day in and day out. Um I I I love to read books. I should probably read more. Um, I listen to a lot of audible books. Um, I'm reading this book right here, right now, the functional fire company position, oh, small Scott groups Thompson. for sick vests. Yes. And survival mm-hmm. phenomenal book, man. Phenomenal book. And you don't need to spend a bunch of money to go to a lot of these trains. A, a lot of good stuff comes from books, man. If you just take the time, uh, to dive into them, um, just give everything you got, dude. Like this job owes you nothing. 
you owe everything to this job. And on the flip side, you owe everything to your family as well. So don't forget them as well. A lot of people do that. I've been in a place where I kind of did that and uh, I, I kind of regret it. So always oh, when you're off work, man, be there for your family. Truly be there for them because the, the fires will keep coming. Don't worry about that. The fires will keep burning. All right. So and at the end of the day, when I was down in Little Rock, um, David Mellon, we were on the topic of family. Mm-hmm. Um, we were at the first in fire conference and David Mellon was talking about um, family. And he said, what does it say on your obituary? It's going to say J.P. Gardner was a fireman. And then what's the rest of the obituary say? Mm-hmm. It's your family, mm-hmm. right? 100% agreed. I, I've met Dave Mellon. Awesome dude. Um, Solid his, dude. His story that he talks, that, which I won't give away, is 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 pretty, pretty fucking gnarly. Um, so, yeah. Uh, JP, I appreciate you. I appreciate you accepting the invite and coming on, man, and 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 talking some some true shit. Um, you're having to do a lot within <laughs> w- w- within your first three years, hey, man. I wouldn't want it any other way, man. I love this job. It's, uh, yeah, it shows. It shows, man. The you're, the the way you talk, the passion you have, man. And I like the, I like the armband with the uh, train more bitch less wristband yes, that sir. you got on. I got right that. There. That was the end of the job this year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Isaac Frazier there um, doing really good things in Wichita with, with the uh, Into the Job Symposium. But I, I truly want to thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, Danny. Doing a good job. Thank you. Thank you. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.